What is up? This is the Leafs Convo podcast for Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario. OakRidgeFord.com employee pricing wraps up on September 30th. Get in while the getting is good. There's not much left, but discounts are massive. Interest rates are low. Who knows your next vehicle may lie with us at OakRidgeFord.com. I'm Norm, along with Mike. It is Sunday, September 27, 2020. We still have a Stanley Cup final, thanks to Corey Perry, the veteran scoring in double overtime. And yes, Game 6 will soon be upon us. 3-2 stars over the Lightning to extend the series. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Norm. Yeah, it was uh, a, a valiant effort by the Stars after, I think, getting gut-punched in Game 4 with that bad call on Jamie Benn in overtime. Uh, it was not a well-officiated game. Uh, I hate, especially in the playoffs, when officials mm-hmm. get in the way of, of, of the play. Um, you know, obviously, Tampa Bay still got to be favored since they're ahead in the series. But, um, uh, you know, Perry, you see, again, Corey Perry, this is a guy who was bought out by Anaheim, who went uh, to a team where he, they, he thought they could win uh, for a low price, million and a half dollars with bonuses. He's an unrestricted free agent, you know, and it's coming up in a, in a couple weeks. And uh, on both teams, you've seen these veteran guys who were bought out uh, like Shattenkirk, like uh, Zach Bogosian, like Andres Sakara, who have all played sort of key roles in support situations for both the Stars and Tampa Bay. And I think that that should be a signal sent to Kyle Dubas that, you know, if you have the opportunity to go out and get a veteran on a cheap contract, why not? Because I think that's better than having Marty Marinson or Freddie Gauthier in your lineup. Yeah, this is the least combo for Oak Ridge for Joe Pavelski, another guy we were talking about on a previous combo recently, uh, chipping in, helping Dallas even this thing in the third, and then Corey Perry putting it away two overtimes later. Was that a lack of close by Tampa, or do you think this is just all part of the ebbs and flows of a series that will probably end in six games, Tampa winning its second Stanley Cup? I think it. I think it's ebbs and flows, but those are you know those are two players with a lot of playoff experience. You know, Tyler Sagan played probably his best game of the playoffs yesterday, and I, I don't think there's any quit in the Stars. Um, you know, I, I do know that both teams are are getting beat up physically. You've seen guys like Fox uh, and Como out of the lineup for da- for for Dallas, and obviously Stamkos which I thought it was stupid to bring him back in game three early in the series. What, when, I mean, if you needed that emotional um, rallying point, like that would be probably t- game six tomorrow night. And even if he played a couple shifts, which he did before getting re-injured, um, I think that would have been more beneficial to the lightning, but they've taken a beating over a number of series through this playoff. So it's a, as with it, Every time it's in the playoffs, it's a war of attrition, and it's going to not only be the best team, but it's going to be the team that's the deepest and uh, has the biggest heart. Potentially 72 hours out from the wrap on this crazy, uh, unprecedented, historical NHL season, Mm -hmm. less than two weeks out from the next NHL entry draft. What do you think the Leafs do with their 15th pick? Do you think they actually make it or do they deal it? It's funny because I, I, there's three options. You could keep it and pick whoever's there. And this is a relatively deep draft. Um, so you could get a quality forward or uh, less likely you get a quality defenseman because there are two 
uh, defensemen who are generally ranked in the top 10 or the, the top half of the first round. Um, uh, Jamie Drysdale from the Erie Otters who played on the uh, Team Canada World Junior uh, Club and uh, Jake Sanderson, the son of uh, former NHLer Jeff Sanderson, who's a member of the uh, U.S. National Development Program. They're, you know, they're widely accepted as being the two best defensemen in this class. And then it sort of drops off a little bit. And at 15, any of the other defensemen may be a reach, which I think is a possibility you know, that Dubas, like he did two years ago, you know, possibly trades down from 15 and uh, maybe gets an extra draft pick and takes somebody in the lower half of the first round. But there's also a possibility, and it's been floated out there in a number of scenarios, of whether they're offered a, a defenseman, the, the defenseman that they're looking for, uh, whether they would trade that pick. And I don't think that Dubas would hesitate, but it depends on the defenseman. I don't think they're going to give up, uh, you know, a, a uh, first round pick for, you know, a guy who maybe, maybe finishes in your, in your top four or even a bottom pairing guy, it's going to have to be like a, probably a package, including the first round pick to get a top pairing defenseman. And we'll see. I mean, I don't know how it's going to unfold. We saw a trade yesterday that was purely a cap maneuver uh, by the New York Rangers, and they had to give up a second round pick to get Detroit to take Mark Stahl's contract. So you're going to see a lot of those moves as well. Toronto's probably not going to do that because they don't have like players with a year left that they want to dump. Um, you know, the only scenario that's similar to that is maybe the Freddie Anderson situation. If they think they can f- find a goaltender to for a longer term for a cheaper cap hit, they might make that deal and then trade Anderson someplace else for a draft pick. But I mean, it's going to be a very interesting few weeks for Kyle Dubas. Yeah, certainly. And for the fan base, we wait with bated breath to find out what the genius does to help elevate these Maple Leafs that seem stuck in a you know world of talent, but a world of stagnance along that journey towards the Stanley cup. Um, the Leafs, uh, have made some strides, but they are nowhere near where they need to be. And um, yeah, I'm I'm eager to see what Kyle Dubas can do. Mike, Bruce H. in community wanting to know who the Leafs might draft at 15. You've answered that question. Converts, OGs, thank you very much for all of your participation, especially in community. Uh, below our last post, just an outrageous amount of comments. Everybody dialed in. Everybody um, concerned but excited and engaged uh, in the convo and uh, what we're talking about in regards to the team that we love and loathe so much, Mm -hmm. the Maple Brothers. Mike, right now, is Kyle Dubas focused on um, growing and augmenting this group in order to take a push towards winning a Stanley Cup? Or do you think that he still believes that in time, his team, as he grows it, slowly through development will evolve into a champion well i think uh, and it was it was mentioned by brendan shanahan in the season ending press availability that you know one of the keys here is for the players that are already here to sort of harden and be tougher by you know in terms of uh you know experience and I mean that's what he saw in Detroit with a guy like Steve Eiserman. Eiserman early in his career you know prolific scorer but they could never get past the first or second round and it took years but eventually he became the two-way player and the leader that um, got them to 
a couple Stanley Cups. So I, I think that that's, you know, that's part of it. It's, it's the maturation of Marner and Matthews and Tavares, although Tavares is mature and he's 30 years old, and Nylander and a few other players. But I think Dubas recognizes that the team is not good enough in specific areas. I mean, the, the, the hard work is over with here. I mean, if we were doing the, if we did the combo five or six years ago and there was no Marner, no Matthews, no Neander, no Tavares, then you're, you're looking for core players and those are difficult to, to find and difficult to, well, they have found them. They've kept them. Now they have to find the support players and maybe tweak one or two here or there to be good enough to have a legitimate chance to win a Stanley cup. And everybody knows it's the right side of their blue line and maybe, you know, the future of their goaltending, depending on where they want to go with Frederick Anderson or who is out in the market. So, I mean, it's a challenge for, for Kyle Dubas. I think he's up to the challenge. I, I know a lot of people don't agree with some of the decisions he's made, uh, we'll see. I mean, I think he's going to be, di- I mean, I think if we had a signal that things were going to be different, it was sent last year when they traded for Kyle Clifford, when they traded for a legitimate backup goaltender in Jack Campbell, Campbell will play probably 25 to 30 games this year. And he's the real deal in terms of a backup goaltender and Clifford provided the sandpaper that mm-hmm. was sorely missing on this team. The thing is they need two or three Kyle Clifford, just like they need two or three Zach Hyman's. They need those types of players. You see them on Tampa Bay. You see them on Dallas. Those people win you games. Lots of listenership, but most of those who listen are not subscribed to us. I don't know if you're waiting or if it's not part of um, the way you patrol YouTube and the, your, your favorite podcasts on all platforms. You just want to listen, um, but we don't spam you. It's two, three podcasts a week. That's what will come up on your feed. We'd appreciate the subscription if you can give that to us. It's absolutely free uh, and like the content as well. Thank you so much for uh, all you do for the convo, Mike. Just looking back on the past few collabs, um, the idea that, Freddie Anderson would be supplanted by someone a bit younger and cheaper, but uh, mm-hmm. in in the same realm of talent. Wayne Simmons was a name that uh, we were talking about. I don't know if he's still out there as a possibility to be that Corey Perry type, clearly not at that level, but uh, to bring in the sage and wisdom and the, and the rough edge um, that the least probably need um, to help get them to where they want to go. Obviously, Alex Petrangelo is someone um, that uh, as long as he's destined for the market, the Leafs will be connected to. Are all those balls that are up in the air still balls that the Leafs could actually knock out of the park? Yeah, well, let's let's tackle them one at a time. Simmons, it it's all dependent on price point. I'm not 100% sure the Leafs are in on him, but I can say that if they are, it's going to depending on whether it's going to depend on whether he. Uh, will take a, min- a veteran minimum or close to a veteran minimum deal. You see what the, like Detroit signed um, uh, Sam Gagne to a one-year deal for 850000 The Sabres re-signed Curtis Lazar, who was their you know, Masterson Trophy nominee, uh, to a two-year deal for 800000 I'm not saying Simmons. Simmons has been, has been a star player, has been a 30-goal scorer, and he may believe that you know he can still do that. There are doubters out there over based on what he's done the last two years. He's going to have to take a Tyler Ennis prove it deal somewhere 
uh, and show that he can do it. And then he probably earns himself another contract either in Toronto or someplace else. But that's the price you pay for visibility and being in the Toronto market is taking a veteran minimum deal when you, you know, a team is you know, basically capped out. As for Anderson, um, I mean, the market just keeps growing in terms of goaltenders, but it, I, I, I'll take Kyle Dubas at his word. He's not going to make this move as a lateral move. He wants to upgrade in goal. Um, there, uh, to my, in my mind, there are very few options in this goaltending market that is conceivably an upgrade. Uh, you know, maybe Brayden Holtby on the right contract for the right term. Definitely Robin Leonard, but I think Leonard is re-signing in Vegas maybe Matt Murray, uh, but it's going to, it's going to cost you in terms of trading something for him and then signing him. But if you look at the amounts, if the amount that Leonard is reportedly getting from, uh, from Vegas, which is five years at 5 million is an indicator, then, you know, first of all, Jim Rutherford is not going to be able to demand a first round pick for yeah. Matt Murray. And second of all, he, Matt Murray after his after his career worst year, can't demand five and a half million dollars. Now he's a two time cup winner, so he's going to get paid. But that's the whole thing. Can they find a cheaper goaltender who's an upgrade over Freddie Anderson? We'll see. And Mike, we were talking about this on the last podcast, and you can catch that guys uh, in the feed. Power players is what you're looking for. Borea Salming was the last true stalwart type defenseman the Leafs have had. 40 years ago, something someone brought up Larry Murphy, and yeah, that guy was amazing, Hall of Famer. Uh, but with the Leafs, um, you know, he, he wasn't what he would become with the Red Wings anyway. Alex Petrangelo could be that next guy, yeah. And I thought the interesting thought, uh, that Pierre Lebrun expressed this, this week, it, you know, maybe has some merit, especially for teams, um, that are you know, with limited cap space uh, like Vegas or Toronto. And, and that was the potential of a sign and trade, which we always hear about in the end. And it always happens in the NBA, but very rarely, I don't think ever has happened in the NHL. But I think that it's possible because if St. Louis won't agree to the terms that Petrangelo and Newport Sports, his representatives are looking for, whereas Vegas or Toronto would, it's a way for St. Louis to get an asset for Petrangelo instead of letting him walk away for nothing and the other team being able to spread out the uh, the AAV over eight years instead of seven and then lowering the cap hit. So, I mean, if, if Toronto is truly interested, that may be the way that they're, they end up going and, you know, maybe an Andreas Janssen or a Travis Dermott or something like that is involved. But I, I think that in the Petrangelo situation, Kyle Dubas has to play it out completely because he is the type of player that they're completely and utterly missing. And if they don't do everything they possibly can to get him, they'll regret it. They went after guys like Tavares and one, uh, they missed out on Stamkos. Thankfully, I wonder if Kyle Dubas believes it's time to accelerate what he's created uh, and the process here by making a move for someone like Alex Petrangelo, I think most people believe he would be a major upgrade, not only on the blue line, but to this team. Or is Kyle Dubas still thinking big picture? Uh, these questions, I'm not sure will be answered anytime soon, uh, unless he does find a way to sign Alex Petrangelo. And then, you know, I get really excited about that, but I know a lot of our OGs and converts disagree. Have your say below this post. And in community, last thing, Mike, what's on your mind in terms of buyout bargains? 
as I said earlier about Corey Perry and Sakura taking less, and so did so did Shattenkirk in Tampa. We saw the buyout of Bobby Ryan with Ottawa. And I'm not saying Bobby Ryan to, to Toronto, but we know that there are going to be a lot more buyouts happening over the next couple of weeks. I think the buyout window is until October 8th. Mm-hmm. And if you see, the, if there are defensemen out there that are bought out and there's the possibility of somebody like Olimata being bought out in Chicago, I mean, that's not somebody I would bring in for $4 million or Carl Alsner, who split time between, uh, between um, Laval and, and the Canadians and basically had been a mistake. At $4 million, that guy's a mistake. If you bring him in and he's $800,000, it's something that, okay, you're rolling the dice. If it doesn't work, you can send them down to the minors. If it does work, you have a veteran defenseman mm-hmm. on your on your third pairing. So it's something that I think Kyle Dubas will explore because, you know, it's options. Um, if they have to trade an Andreas Janssen or if they have to trade a Alex Kerfoot, they could very likely go out and find a stopgap replacement for those players with a, a player who's been bought out from another, another team. So it's one more uh one more potential avenue for Kyle Dubas to explore. If the Leafs win the Stanley Cup in our time, will we look back and say this is because it was a homegrown effort? Was it an effort accessorized uh, throughout by journeymen and you know smart, savvy financial moves? Or will it have taken a complete remodeling of the ideology uh, and the pieces that were initially in place to have this damn Stanley cup paraded down Bay street. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in it to win it eventually, just like all Leafs fans. And I will be there uh, by hook or by crook or by death (laughs) 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 or having the time of my life. How is this going to play out? Perhaps it's, it's a coagulation of all of those yes. things, Mike. The Jays wrap up their tenure in Buffalo today, Mike. And uh, isn't it unfortunate that Buffalonians like yourself uh, who love baseball were never able to get out and watch the team in person, a major league baseball team occupying that stadium, Salem field and that beautiful city for as long as it has. And, Buffalonians not getting a chance to be there to see it. Very unfortunate, but I think they represented the city well. Yeah, it, it really sucked because, I mean, I, I know that I would have loved to have gone to one of the six games that the Yankees and the Blue Jays played at Salem Field. I know that early in the uh, early in the, in the season, there were people who were standing outside of the uh, stadium, like watching it from like the, the there's a, a strip of grass in between like the exit for the, uh, the, the, the throughway and uh, a highway going south of the city and people were standing there and they were shooed away by the Buffalo cops. So it's like, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's sad, but yeah, it's just, it's just the reality of the time. Yeah. We love Buffalo. I know I do. And a lot of our listeners love the blue Jays and we're excited for the 16 team baseball playoffs. I'm for expanded playoffs, but I'm not not 16. But I'm hey, I'm I'm for expanded playoffs in the NHL. I think when they when Seattle comes in, I think they should have a play in round like they did uh, this year, but not 24. I'd say 20, and then play down to 16, and then have the normal playoff. Baseball, I would expand it a little, maybe to 12 oh. at the most. But in I, I would definitely expand it in hockey. Michael, what are you working on? 
Uh, well, I'm, as the Leafs are working towards uh, the draft, I'll be writing more stuff about potential first round picks. That is until they trade the pick. But uh, I have an idea of a, a couple, maybe three, four uh, legitimate uh, possibilities for their first round pick yeah, if they trade down or even if they stay at 15. So uh, people stay tuned and uh, read that on hockeybuzz.com. Even when there's no hockey uh, that the Maple Leafs are taking part in, there's always news, there's always information, there's always speculation, and there will always be the Leafs combo. Michael, have a good one. Talk soon. Thanks, Norm.